Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting Weekend Preview in association with Gambler. Hi guys, hope you're well. Mark O'Hare here from We Love Betting and joined as ever by the usual twosome of Tom Love and Will Dyer. It's Thursday night, we're back after the international break. It's also April, April the 1st, and I was going to do some naff intro, but after seeing some of the efforts on social media today for April Fool's Day, I don't really want anyone else vomiting at the sort of awful trite comedy that's out there at the moment, (laughs) certainly in my repertoire too, so uh, (laughs) let's kick off then. Um, How is your international, how was your international break, Tom? Yeah, it was quite pleasant, to be honest. Um, It's been so non-stop pretty much since Christmas or even before Christmas that it's it's kind of welcome when this spring international break comes around because you haven't really got one for around four months or so and with the Champions League and then there's all the postponements meaning that there's plenty of EFL action midweek um, Europa League on a Thursday there's always matches on a Friday and a Monday too it's just been so intense so yeah, a very, very welcome break. Um, just means that you can really zone in on a, a particular league or a fixture, kind of review your methods and um, kind of kind of have a refresh on uh, kind of where sides are at in different leagues as well. Kind of work out if, if a side's kind of league position is correct when you kind of correlate it with the data. I've been looking at uh, the run-ins as well for a few teams, just trying to get a, a, a vision before the kind of end of the season. So, yeah, it, it's very welcome and uh, I've actually quite enjoyed it. I didn't watch any of the England games, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of nice to have a bit of time off of football and then kind of raring to go again, which uh, I certainly am now. Good to hear, good to hear. Will, what did you get up to in the international break? Yeah, same as Tom, really. Kind of enjoyed zoning out from it as well. Um, did watch England-Poland last night, and I thought Poland were a massive price at 10-1, to 1, but uh, they did little damage, and I guess it was without Lewandowski. So, otherwise, uh, rolled my an- ankle playing tennis yesterday, so I've just put myself out just before the amateur football season kicks off again. So, that's fun times. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was really looking forward to sort of, yeah, grassroots sport returning as well but um might have to see the physio now but yeah I had a nice little break ah you youngsters with your your good knees uh, unfortunately some of us aren't able to carry on playing sport these days but there we go let's move on to the good stuff because no one wants to talk about me listen to me moan about injuries um uh, we're obviously going to talk about Arsenal versus Liverpool on Saturday night at the Emirates big game in the Premier League this weekend. Arsenal are around about 11 to 5, that's 3.2, and Liverpool 5 to 4, that's 2.25 in decimals. A really interesting one, this, considering the campaigns that these two famous old clubs have had. Tom, what's your view on the match at the Emirates? Yeah, it's going to be an intriguing one. Um, we kind of talk about teams and matches straight after an international break and whether sides are kind of a bit tentative to go kind of gung-ho from the start um, players kind of coming back from all over the world especially in the Premier League which makes uh, quite quite a difference really to the performance levels you'd have thought and this being on the Saturday 
uh, probably isn't ideal for either side who had uh, plenty of players on international duty. So I kind of looked at a few angles here and I, I think opposing goals um, could be a way in. I've seen a few people, including yourself, Matt, kind of being quite keen on goals. Um, I can completely see the the method behind that, but I think Arteta's almost kind of morphing into a bit of a Mourinho when it comes into these big games. I think he's quite pragmatic in his approach, uh, happy to kind of keep things tight and, and try and nick it. And Liverpool, for all like people have given them a hard time defensively, I think they've only conceded two or more goals once in the last seven or eight away games. So they've been pretty decent at the back, especially on the road. So, yeah, I, I thought the goal line was a little bit high here. I'd probably oppose it, maybe under three goals, uh, under two and three-quarter goals, sorry. Uh, could, could be an interesting way in, but I, I've kind of headed to the bet builder market for this, um, mainly because we've got a referee in Martin Atkinson who's, um, shall we say, very happy to keep his cards in his pocket. Um, he's, he's not someone who... Kind of, I've I've seen some horrible challenges this season, and he's just kind of let it go. Not even thought twice about it either. And um, he, he's looking at his averages around two point four cards per game. It's kind of one of these referees that you'd never want to get involved with the overs in terms of cards. Uh, the most cards he's given this season in a game is four, which kind of is bizarre really considering it's kind of an appointment every week so I actually combined under five match goals with both sides to have under three cards um, which is paying around 1.87 or 20 to 23 with Bet365 on their Bet Builder I think that's a, a really nice way in because as much as I kind of would prefer opposing goals I think that if you can kind of combine a higher goal line and go unders with a couple of other angles like uh, the cards, it represents probably better value and you've got more on your side for the entire game. I mean, it, it could be 3-0 after 20 minutes and the, the bet could still land in, in this case. So, yeah, I, I quite like this. Um, only six of 48 combined games involving these two have seen more than four goals which is quite surprising, especially from a Liverpool perspective. Um, it must be said that Liverpool low-scoring games tend to be at Anfield, um, but Arsenal aren't a team that are involved in games that go mad, uh, even if they have improved their performance data since the turn of the year. Interesting, I was looking through the uh, XG form tables that we provide on, on the gold service that... Um, 16 uh, over the last 16 games, Arsenal actually ranked fifth on the XG ratio, but it's quite tight there. Um, pretty much joint, joint eighth, really, with Leicester, Liverpool, and West Ham all around uh, 58% share. But uh, it, it's far away from kind of mid table in, in that regard. And yeah, they've been impressive. I think Odegaard's been a really nice signing. 
it really lacked someone who had his kind of creative qualities, I thought, in the, in the kind of first half of the season. Never had that link between attack and um, the midfield. He provides that. But I think Smith, Rowe and Saka are doubts here. So maybe Pepe will come in on the left. I'm not too sure. They've still got plenty of options. Um, but I think defence will come first for them. I think they'll be relatively deep. Not want to let Liverpool get in behind. And it could be a bit of a snooze fest, to be honest. We've seen it plenty of times in in the big games in the Premier League this season. So, yeah, I'm happy to go under five match goals in that regard. And then just on the cards, yeah, I mentioned Atkinson um, given under five cards in every game. Arsenal have a 76% strike rate for under three team cards this season. So even though they've been a side who quite often pick up two um, in, in Premier League terms anyway, they uh, they rarely get three or more. And then Liverpool, uh, it's a 93% strike rate for them being under three cards. It's only occurred twice for them this season. So, yeah, with that ref as well, it wouldn't surprise me if there's no cards in this game, which would be a big old price. Um, might, it might even take a, a little punt on the nil-nil and no cards, which will no doubt be a, a triple figure price for a bit bit of fun um probably get done in the first five minutes but it's got to be worth a quid that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah I, I think that um this is a can canny way to get in, involved in this game which i got to be honest i found quite tough um people will be looking at price on liverpool around five to four and thinking that that's not bad given their away record and kind of diego hotter is back but Arsenal actually undefeated in 23 of the last 25 home matches against Liverpool, which is a bizarre stat. Um, not really one that I'm kind of leaning in on so much, but I, I think Arteta is quite quite good in these big games. Um, he tends to keep it tight. If if one team wins, I think it'll be by a goal. Um, but yeah, happy to take the bet, Bill, that under five match goals and each team had to have under three cards, 20 to 23 with bet 365. It's probably going to be my only real play in this. Yeah, good case. Well made. Um, Will, over to you. Arsenal, Liverpool, what have you got for us? Yeah, usually a fixture that probably people look at and think this screams goals, but I kind of wanted to focus on personnel issues as well. Um, like Tom's hinted at, obviously, everyone coming back from internationals and then also with the Champions League and Europa League coming back as well next week. So uh, it's a tough time for teams. And yeah, Arsenal are is doubts whether Saka um, and Erdegaard play. Erdegaard should have recovered from this ankle injury he had against, uh, for Norway uh, on international duty. And, and then Emil Smith-Rowe has also had this like uh, sort of didn't specify what the problem was in the under-21s, so he'd, he didn't play um, in midweek either. So I think, yeah, like Tom hinted at, like Erdegaard's been quite key to some, maybe some rejuvenation in creativity in midfield. So if they've got some sort of issues in midfield, I'm, I'm not too keen on, on getting on their side, really. But then <clears throat> Liverpool have some of their own problems. I mean, Firmino's, he's returned to training, but there's a doubt. Um, Jota has obviously been in great form for, for Portugal in the break as well as return to form straight away for Liverpool and I think Liverpool probably will have a bit more of a balanced side with 
they, they were playing Kabak and Phillips at centre back, weren't they? Before before this international break, and maybe that surrenders a bit of a bit of quality. Um, but what you get in return is maybe some more sort of positional expertise from from Kabak and Phillips there, with and then Fabinho playing where he where he ought to play in midfield. Um, Liverpool got Real Madrid on Tuesday in Spain, whereas Arsenal don't play till Thursday. Is it Slavia Prague? I think, um, and they they're at home for that game too. So some massive matches here for Liverpool, although obviously the, the title's well and truly gone. They do need to really kick on for top four if if they aren't going to win the Champions League. Um, they were a lot better against Leipzig, um, but it does seem like Premier League sides have still got their number really compared to compared to how managed how Leipzig managed against them. And um, Arsenal actually surprisingly have only lost just once in the last two months in the Premier League, although that's only six games and it, it was only a defeat to City as well. So I think Tom's right to look at them in a bit of a sort of improved light um at three nil turnaround at west ham as well it's probably a sight for sore eyes for for some gunners fans um even if they kind of got lucky with uh it was one own goal and one big deflection which went down as an own goal as well but a good comeback nonetheless in the second half there um i guess klopp has sort of been resolute sticking with this sort of high line despite the personnel problems they've had and I think that is something that Arteta would look to exploit uh, with a pacey attack. They may have um, they may have um, Martinelli here as well, and Albamiang there as well. Actually, was clearly quite short on confidence, and he's actually helped Gabon qualify for uh, in Afcon as well. So, some decent options for them going forward um, themselves. But yeah, in, to- in in general, I still see this being a bit more of an unders play. All of Liverpool's last seven matches have been under 2.5 goals, and I was looking at that as well. It's uh, 11 to 10, which sort of somewhat appeals. Um, and on the match odds, really, yeah, Liverpool won this 3-1 at Anfield in September, but so much has happened since then, and I'd still make them favourites. And away from home, actually, they've been a lot more reliable, haven't they, than they have been at Anfield. We've won four of their last five uh, Premier League home, away games. Um, but five to four doesn't really excite me. I, I, I basically will side with them. And I've got a slightly different pro-level play. And it's maybe not that exciting. But um, Jota to continue his form. Yeah, he scored four in his last three matches. And he's likely to play in the centre of this front three with Firmino being out. So I think that might add a little bit of an edge for us. And... He's nine to four to score anytime um, at SpreadX. They've got this fixed odd sport book, sports book now, and well, they've had it for a little while. And they often, sometimes they have some clear out, outright sort of best price, um, and this is one of them. I wouldn't really take much lower than nine to five. So if you can get that nine to four, then that's a play for me. And yeah, what is really I guess just a game between two teams at one of their sort of lowest ebbs for both of them in the modern era. So I'd be opposing goals as well. Uh, but I'll, I will have pro Liverpool play on Jota. Just seems to really be in form and and sort of unstoppable for Liverpool whenever he's featuring. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting game. This I've got probably slightly alternative views to you both. I wouldn't be too surprised if there is goals in it. Um, I just think Arsenal have shifted gears a little bit since Christmas, and there seems to be a, a certain mood change around how Arteta wants his team to set up and play football. They've been much more adventurous going forward and. 
created lots. I'll mention the, the XG figures as well. And since Christmas, I think they rank second for XG outputs, which is quite impressive, really, considering the, the schedule that they've in, encountered as well. But um, I think if Arteta is being honest to himself, he needs to look at this Liverpool team and realise that all the key defensive uh, defensive players in the Liverpool perspective are, are still absent. There's, there's an opportunity here for Arsenal, but um, as you both say, such a tricky game, like most of these are, coming straight off an international break, sandwiched between the Champions League quarterfinals too. It's, it's very difficult mm. and it's it's one I'm really looking forward to watch, but uh, I can't really say I've, I've nailed anything there that I really want to find uh, myself to, to kind of punt before, but uh, thanks for putting your cases ahead because uh, I like the sound of both of those. But let's move on. Um, Tom put his usual poll out on Wednesday to see which game he wanted to cover from outside of the Premier League. Not too surprised to see RB Leipzig against Bayern Munich win the vote. Um, massive match at the top of the Bundesliga on Saturday evening. Uh, Leipzig have seen the money this week and seen the lines shifting their way too. Uh, Robert Lewandowski's injury obviously pushing that further. But uh, I think the last time I looked, Leipzig were around 9-5, to five, which is 2.8. Bayern still favourites, but out to about 6-4. to four. That's 2.5 to win away at the Red Bull Arena. The last four meetings, actually, between these two have ended all square draws. And I do feel that the draw is a runner again here, a big price. Bayern have the Champions League to contend with next midweek. I just think they might be happy to settle for a point and keep the four-point gap between the two teams uh, heading into the final furlong of the season. But uh, back to you then, Will. What's your view and your best bet from Leipzig-Bayern? Yeah, I wasn't surprised to see it when the poll either I started sort of doing my research on this one before before the poll was an hour old, but it was quite clear early on. Um, yeah, a massive six-pointer in the in the title race, isn't it? And uh, especially with Leipzig now out of the Champions League, this is their main focus. Um, and it does it has the potential to be interesting again if you if you look at the personnel problems with Lewandowski out injured. Jerome Boateng and Alfonso Davis both suspended for Bayern. Um, they obviously have a lot of strength in depth. And, but yeah, I, I kind of, Nicolas Sula and David Alaba doesn't really fill me with massive confidence in it as a centre-back partnership for a game of this magnitude. And then Serge Gnabry as the central striker as well isn't isn't hugely ideal. Uh, you've obviously clearly been in great form, maybe not so much for, for Germany after their shock um, defeat to North Macedonia yesterday. But um, yeah, Bayern have actually still a 1-8 drawn two in their last 10 games without Lewandowski. So maybe they can, you know, find their way through this. And uh, Die Roten Bullen uh, are not without their own problems, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> for, for anyone looking to take on um, Bayern or for hoping for sort of a, a change on in the, in the crowning of the Bundesliga. Um, they're without Kevin Campbell, Conrad Leimer, Possibly Upamecano, Halstenberg, Sabosli, or Saboslai, however you say his name, uh, and then uh, Angelino as well. They're all doubts. Although I think Upamecano may start, but these are quite big omitted omitted players really for a match of this magnitude too. So I was yeah sort of surprised to see that Leipzig's price uh, has come in a fair bit. On I feel like actually that maybe downplays the. The magnitude of the players that they're missing as well. Like Lewandowski is not a one-man team, um, so yeah, Leipzig may play a, far, a back five anyway. Um, saw quite an, an enjoyable tweet where a Liverpool fans sort of lost lost their shit about um, potentially signing RB Leipzig's uh, Ibrahim Kanate because they thought RB was standing for right back rather than <laughs> Red Bull. Um, yeah, so 
Jesus. he was like, well, you can't replace him with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, can't replace him. So, yeah, but clearly he's a centre-back and he'll be playing on the left side of the of a back three. But he's only started four Bundesliga games this season and only eight last season. One of these players, I think, might have been sort of blooded too early in 2017. He's only 21 now and he's he's had countless injuries and setbacks both the last few seasons. So big match for him to come back to as well. Um, I think a draw would not be that that sort of um, problematic for like well maybe not problematic but not disastrous for Leipzig um, and yeah a nice thing nice sort of stat is that they have drawn all of their last five Bundesliga matches when they were an outsider in the betting since the start of last season so it's an interesting stat. yeah interesting stat that one thanks to Flash Score for that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and I think we previewed this uh, in December um, as well. And I, I opposed goals and it was 2-2 at half time. So. <laughs> I think you both so opposed not, goals. I yeah. think we all were kind of agreeing that goal, opposing yeah. goals was the way forward. Yeah, I don't want to be too reactionary, but I'm not going to do it this time. Um, Leipzig went off at 4-1 to one on that weekend. And yeah, they're as short as 17-10 to 10 now off the back of these this news. Uh, so I think that's a bit of an overreaction, like I said, and maybe downplays the, the players they're missing. But um, if I go back to goals, um, yeah, I mean, huge numbers again this season um, from Bayern. Um, but yeah, sort of, what was it? The stats, if I look at in terms of, um, it's quite hard to sort of measure where Bayern are um, when they're playing, when, you know, when it's such a walkover against many teams in their league. And this season, they failed to win seven of 26. Um, and last season, it was just eight of 34. So there may be a bit of a downturn in, or maybe an improvement in their opposition in their league. Um, but they've already conceded more goals this season than they did all last season. 35 compared to 32 last year. So, um, and they going forward, though, they do look likely to score as many as they, they had 100 last season, exactly, um, if not more. So basically, this tells us that the goals per game is up. It was 3.88 in Bayern games last year, and now it's sitting at 4.34, which is mental. Um, and yeah, of which themselves, they're averaging exactly three goals a game, Bayern. Um, maybe lockdowns had a role to play in those numbers, but what I found interesting is if we look at both teams to score, it went off at just two to five um, when they last met with fans in February 2020. And actually now, despite these goal tallies going up, it's bigger uh, at four to nine. Um, obviously, I'm not going to tip up a four to nine shot, but that just tells me that maybe I feel like the the goal line is actually set a bit lower than I might have had it. It's set three, the Asian goal line. Um, so I'm just going to go for something a bit longer. Um, and both teams to score in both halves is eight to one at bet three five. Obviously, one in December. I don't think that you know. So I still wouldn't say it's probably only a small bit of value on that, if anything. But I like that as a as a punt, um, and I'd rather that than sort of backing over 3.5 at goals at like whatever it would be like seven to five so yeah both teams are scoring both halves for me at about three six five eight to one interesting tom what's your angle i have a feeling you might be opposing will um I, well i'm quite reticent to go unders now um it was something that i was looking at uh, but we, I, put, I can remember the last time we, we covered this, put up unders, but I also put up the draw at a big price, and I'm, I'm back in the draw again, 14 to 5. It's way too big. Um, I, 
it, as you mentioned, it, it does just suit Bayern down to the ground. Mm. Uh, it's not really in their nature to play for a point, but when the title's on the line and you're kind of in the final fair ones of the season, I think that um, it, it comes quite natural to players to kind of settle for a draw if they can get against the title rival. So, yeah, I love the draw. I think it's a, a cracking price. Um, won't surprise me if it was a score draw, to be fair, because there, there are quality players, even in the absence of um, the the likes of Lewandowski who's out. But, yeah, Will mentioned that it's not just Bayern who have injuries here. Um, Leipzig have quite a few out, especially defensively with Lyman, Angelino. Um, so they they do have players who can play in a variety of positions. That's something that their recruitment model works towards, I think. So the likes of Haidara is happy playing as a wing back or a central midfielder. Same with Tyler Adams uh, and Lima. We've got players who are very versatile in that regard, and I think that um, that I think that if they lose a couple of players, it, it's not as um, not as much as of an issue as it would be for most teams, like a Dortmund, for example. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not having the price on Leipzig now. It, it kind of makes me... Um, I did look at the price on Bayern draw no better, uh, 1.85 with Bet365. I'd, I'd be more happy taking that than Leipzig draw no bet now. Um, but I just think the price on the draw... Makes too much appeal to me to kind of miss, especially with the kind of circumstances Bayern find themselves in. Uh, but Will mentioned that without Lewandowski up front, who's usually kind of twos on to score, um, it's likely to be Serge Nabry. He's actually uh, 11 to 5 with SBK, if you've got the SBK app or Smarkets, whatever they call it now. Um, 11 to 5, that is. It's 15 to 8 with Skybet, so just a touch under 2 to 1 there. But it's trading around uh, 11 to 10 with Bet365. I think they've kind of. Bet365 have realised that he will be playing up front. Uh, a lot of the other firms haven't. So at that price, 11 to 5 on Nabry anytime. If he's playing up front for a team that scores as much as. Bayern Munich do, I think that you've got to have a look at that. Um, so I'll be having a small play on that too. Uh, but the the draw does appeal to me. And just one kind of prop bet um, that did look interesting to me. I, ju- I just noticed it um, whilst we were recording. It's on Poker Stars, if you've got an account with them. Uh, Pavard, the right back for Bayern. Um, he's likely to come in with Sula switching to centre-half and what I like about Bayern with the full-backs is they get really far forward because the two defensive midfielders um, actually just slot into that spot when they do go forward so Kimmich on the right-hand side of the central midfield will fill in when Pavard does get forward and he's 6-4 to four for a shot um, which did appeal to me. I mean, we saw him for France. We can all remember that goal against Argentina, that screamer. Um, kind of always finds himself in that position. 
so actually, instead of taking the six to four, I'm, I'm going to chance four to one on him to have a shot outside the box. Um, just looking at his, his shot stats this season, obviously he's been out injured for a lot of it, um, but five of his eight shots this season have come from outside the box. So that difference in price um, doesn't really make too much sense to me. So yeah, four to one looks like a nice price. Just how Bayern set up, I think it suits the wing backs getting forward. Even though he's traditionally kind of a centre half, I think that he's he's got a good strike on him. Um, so yeah, happy to take the four to one on Pavard to have a shot outside the box. But my main two bets will be the draw fourteen to five with William Hill and Nabry anytime eleven to five, which just it's too big. I just looked at uh, Betvik to Tom, and uh, he's twenty-one to ten on a boost. Um, Nabry to score any time, so oh, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much the same price. If you're getting two to one, bigger than two to one on that, um, it, it's got to be a play. Yeah, lovely stuff, guys. There you go, listeners. You've heard the two guys working on the job while we're recording. Lovely stuff. Um, right, business time. We're going to get to the guys' naps, the next bests. But first, it's the long shots. Will, your long shot, please, at 7-2 or larger. Yeah, uh, I got a fancy in Leicester Man City game on Saturday, 5.30. Um, important clash in the top four this. Again, I, I think the focus pre-match will be about Sergio Aguero's announced departure. Um, but yeah, it's still it's pretty pretty big game for Leicester in terms of their, they'll be well aware that any sort of slip up, um, Spurs and Liverpool will be sort of nipping at their heels. And I guess you can't really rule out West Ham. I would probably say that I'd rule out Everton and Arsenal, but given expected sort of performances and current points gap. But um, yeah, they, they need to keep going, even though they're in a nice position right now. Um, whereas City, obviously 14 points clear of United with game in hand. Um, the reverse fixture of this was a memorable one and a, a nice one for any listeners that, that trusted my opinion on air is we had Leicester to score a penalty at 10 to 1. And I'm uh, going to put the same thing up, but um, it's 8 to 1 Leicester to score a penalty with, with better 365. Um, Leicester have been awarded a league high 10 penalties this season. And uh, despite City having the best defensive record in the league, um, they've conceded only 21 goals. Seven of those have been penalties, um, which is actually the third most in the league. And it's really weird looking at the penalty conceded table. You would not expect the top four sort of quirk of this this season. The top four conceded in penalties is Leeds, Liverpool, Spurs and the City. Um, all conceded seven or eight penalties, which is which is strange. And try to think about why that is. And maybe, I, I guess, pens are often given for rash tackles and this sort of illustrates my point is that only only two of Leicester's 10 conceded penalties, uh, sorry, 10 awarded penalties have been at, uh, at the King Power where they have more possession than they do away. So whereas eight of the, yeah, they've had eight penalties away where they have less possession. So, and then if I look at City as well, City have 63% possession at home compared to 58% away, but they've conceded six penalties at home and just one away. So it's sort of like a, or maybe I'm, I'm going to look in foot deeper at this at some point, but it seems to be that yeah, teams win penalties more when they have less of the ball. You know, they're on a break. We know that Jamie Vardy is amazing at, at winning penalties on a break. People chopping him down when he's close to three one goal um, or just around the penalty area. So that might be a reason for these these kind of stats, and it, it supports my theory that Leicester obviously were going to have a lot less possession than City in this game, and and maybe. Uh, didn't actually look back or remember exactly the moment that they 
I think they won more than one penalty in that game in the 5-2 win at, at Etihad. Yeah. So, and they yeah. had 28% of the ball. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They, they, you know the stats. Nice. Um, so that's that's crazy, right? Um, that's the way they are. They're very direct. Um, referee is Paul Tierney, and he comes into this game in penalty form. He's given one in four of his last five Premier League outings. Um, Lifetime-wise, he's not really worth entertaining any penalty awarded overall prices. Um He's penalty awarded 0.27 per game, so I would what you want much closer to three to one, and you're only getting nine to five. But they obviously the expectancy is is that City would be winning any penalties, but I, I think Leicester are worth looking at. Nacho is in fine form as well, seven goals in the last four games up against his former club, and yeah, Vardy's had some welcome rest in his in his old legs, um, and I just think Leicester it's quite amazing what the strength and the, uh, the depth of their squad is. They, they're going to probably be out, would be without James Justin, uh, Morgan, Cengiz under, um, Harvey Barnes, maybe even Madison here as well. And they'll still field a great side. Ricardo Pereira's return has helped this situation, I guess. And Yuri Tielemans has been on an upward tra- trajectory, um, particularly in sort of an attacking sense. And, and even players like Dennis Pratt scored a, Brace for Belgium doesn't often feature for them, and yeah, Jose Perez has done well of late too as well. So I think uh, they still will threaten um, City quite a lot without without some key players. Um, and City obviously have an embarrassment of riches right now. Not a single injury or suspension to worry about. Bit of a headache for anyone, any sort of fantasy football people. Um, I don't particularly fancy Leicester's chances at eleven to two, but I can I can see them doing some damage on. Uh, yeah, at pace when they're on the break, really. Um, we're hopefully, with a penalty awarded at eight to one with Bet three six five. Yeah, I like that. I also love that the uh, the referees in penalty form. First time I've heard that before, but uh, <laughs> great stuff. <Will. laughs> um, Tom, your long shot. Yeah, something a bit left field for me. Um, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> I've kind of toyed with the idea of, of taking them just to win, but. Um, I'm a, I'm a bit of a greedy bastard, so I'm going to take the uh, <laughs> the winning both teams to score. But Preston against Norwich, um, obviously that this is on uh, Friday with all the EFL stuff. I think so. Um, kind of get on it quick if you, if you wanna, but I I just can't really ignore it for a few reasons. Um, I kind of looked at the the price about Norwich. Um, Best price around 1.7 there were earlier today. And just in, instinctively, I thought that they're a team in the championship who probably have the most internationals, um, which is not a good thing when you're uh, coming. Well, a lot, of, a lot of the players were playing on Wednesday. So um, we've actually. Just, heard... just while you're there, Tom, um, yeah. I've just seen a tweet by a sort of friend of We Love Betting, contributed to We Love Betting. Um, Jack Wright, who is a Norwich supporter, he's tweeted that of the 11 that started Norwich's last game, he's a Norwich fan, of the last game against Blackburn, eight have been on international duty and one has been ruled out for the season. Seven of those eight played as recently as yesterday, that's Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, only Buendia and Dowell didn't go away. Uh, he's also tweeted the time between their last game ending and the next one kicking off, i.e. the, the Preston match at the weekend uh, or on Friday. And I think all eight of the players he's listed here, he's listed the locations they are in as well, are playing within 68 hours of that last game as well. So, yeah, pretty hectic, but sorry, far away. 
No, yeah, hundred percent. Well, thank you, Jack, for doing my uh, detailed analysis for me. But I'm I'm just looking uh, through the through the team. Cruel, uh, I think he might have been with Holland. The left back was Giannoulis. Uh I think he was playing for Greece. Grant Hanley, probably away with Scotland. Aaron's and Skip and Campwell all with England under twenty ones uh, over in Slovenia, and obviously Puki. With Finland, um, and there's probably one other who, yeah, McLean. There you go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the that's kind of my main thinking here, and I'm not surprised to see Norwich and a lot of these boosted trebles with Skybet and William here. They'll be everywhere because your favorite type of bet, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me, no chance. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, the reason that they're that price is because they're playing a Preston side who are in pretty terrible form. Um, obviously, they sacked Alex Neal, former Norwich manager, um, ironically. But I think that that could probably give them a lift. We always talk about the new manager bounce or um, just trying to play for their place when... They know that there's a, a manager probably coming in. Uh, so, yeah, I think that it, it's, again, this is with SDK. It's a, it's a massive price, um, 23 to 2 or 11.5 to 1, 12.5 in decimal. You're getting that about Preston to win and Botain to score against the Norwich side that are just depleted. Um, I think that, that's got to be taken. It wouldn't surprise me if Norwich go off the odds against. Yeah. Um. Once kind of that news becomes a bit more mainstream, um. I've got to be honest. The nine to two about Preston did look did look interesting, but yeah, they're they're a team that have plenty of depth. Actually, Preston, I think I really like the the quality that they do have. They just need to show it. Um. Malumbi is is decent at kind of breaking into the box. Chad Evans is quite a nice foil. For the likes of uh, Gordon, who's on loan from Everton, who's a really good player. I think that he should be one of these players to shine in the last kind of um, couple of games in the championship. And the defence is, you know, looks solid enough. And Ben Whiteman's a great pickup from Doncaster, one of my favourite players in the EFL. So, yeah, they've, they've got plenty about them. They've not had any, pretty much anyone on international, uh, Barma Wumbi, probably. Um, so yeah, I just think the price is too big. I think Norwich will probably score. Um, e- even if Fark has said that uh, a lot of the players have just come back, or I think a few of them might be on the bench and they might have to come on to kind of help them out if they are chasing the game. Um, but e- even so, they've still got plenty of plenty of depth of Norwich, um, but they're way too short here. So I'm more than happy to chance Preston. Hopefully a bit of a bounce back. It's the championship. It's the AFL. You know, there there shouldn't really be uh, teams odds on like Norwich away from home, in my opinion. So yeah, it would really won't surprise me if Preston won this. Um, but I, I'm gonna be yeah, as I said, a, a bit more greedy and take them winning both teams to score eleven and a half to one, twenty three to two with SBK. There's a, there's some tens around with Bet three six five and Skybet as well, which uh, I think's fine. Lovely stuff. We're going to stay with you, Tom, for your next best. Yeah, massive game uh, in Italy. Torino versus Juventus, the Turin derby. 
always a good affair, even if Torino aren't really at the level of Juventus. But I don't know. I, I'm, I won't be. I, I won't be touching Juve um, in this game. I think Torino could be more than a match for them. I've been impressed with Torino actually. The kind of attacking intent they've shown this season. Uh, they've been really dangerous going forward. Uh, if not quite far at the back, so it wouldn't surprise me if there were a few goals here, and that's kind of part of my bet on the bet builder over one match goal, and each team over one card. It's ten to eleven. Um, I think that that's fine. I mean, uh, derby factor. Um, I've completely forgotten who the ref is in this one, but uh, I know it's someone who's decent, and. Um, yeah, just looking at the t- the team stats here, Torino have been carded in 26 of 27 games, and they've had two or more cards in 70% of the league games. But what's really interesting is Torino's opponents have had two or more cards in 89% of their games. I think that's all about three. Um, and Juventus are actually favourites in the card market to collect most cards here. I'm not surprised with that stat especially when you couple it up with the fact that UV have been carded in 25 of 27 and have had two plus cards in 80% of their games. Um, that does not surprise me that they're favourites. I think that they pick up a few. They've been pretty dirty this season, actually. Uh, but Juventus's opponents have had two or more cards in 68% of the games, and that rises to 77% when they're away from home. So the chances of cards for both sides here is quite high. Um, just think when you're looking at a derby fixture, both teams over one card, especially in um, Syria, with these stats, it's kind of almost like a given if you've got a good ref. I know we kind of put something similar up in there. Um, the Genoa Sampdoria game, and I think there was one card. That's got to be a massive outlier. Um, so, yeah, like that uh, angle, just on the goals front, Juve have actually seen over one and a half in uh, 25 or 27 league games this season. But all, all the people kind of slating Perlo, um, their games have been quite fun to watch, nevertheless. And Torino have seen over one and a half goals in 21 or 27 league games too. So the chance of a couple of goals, very likely in my opinion. Chance of cards very likely as well so combine the two 10 to 11 um i'll have a bit of that yeah have a bit of that will what are you having for your next best yeah uh ref is rob michael fabry as well actually i just checked that one he's pretty yeah good. decent isn't he? yeah yeah he's like a 5.4 cards per game kind of guy it's pretty good for italy yeah, um yeah uh my next best is as well a bit of a, a bit of a random one for me um my colleague at work is a Wrexham fan, so I hear a fair bit about this. Uh, he, he's Toby Palmer on Twitter. He's, he's demanded a shout out if I'm going to talk about them. So, um, <laughs> Notts County uh, host Wrexham. Um, yeah, 12:15 kickoff as well. So this one's a bit of an early, early job on Good Friday tomorrow. Um, so hopefully you manage to listen. Yeah, it's on BT Sport as well. Um, Massive game for the National League. Two promotion rivals, two big clubs, really, that shouldn't really be down there, but have been now for a, well, for, for a while. Um, um, I'm not going to talk about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Um, don't worry about that. <laughs> um, get to the football yeah. instead. Um, Red Dragons, yeah, they, they head 
into to Nottingham tonight, he actually was trying to tell me that he thought they might be heading up in the morning, um, which would mean sort of a 6am start. And we were trying to look at an angle for that. But no, they're, they're heading to Meadow Lane tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, they're in some of the, Wrexham are in some of the best form in the UK. They've only lost one of the last 14. Um, and yeah, uh, they've only, but interestingly, they've only played once in the last 17 days um, due to, just due to sort of, the, the impact that the coronavirus restrictions have had on, on the schedule at this level, um, back when there were sort of regional lockdowns and, and Wrexham being under different Welsh rules too as well, it's it's meant that they've fulfilled more of their fixtures than some other teams. You've got some teams in this league that, that have played 32 and some that have played 26. I know you get that some seasons anyway through, through sort of waterlogged pitches or uh, frozen pitches and things. But this is, um, yeah, particularly... It's just right now it's having a bit, a bit of an impact on Notts County, who have played four matches since the 16th of March when Wrexham have only played one, which is quite crazy. Um, and that's because County have had um, a run in the FA Trophy. Um, and yeah, if you if you kind of as well go back a few weeks ago, County would have gone eight points clear of Wrexham if, if they'd won their games in hand um, that they'd accrued through this sort of FA Trophy run. But things have completely flipped Um and it's now really in Wrexham's hands whether they finish above the Magpies because of uh, Im- an impact really with Dover Athletic um, being removed from the league um, meant that Wrexham lost the three points. Um, sorry, yeah, the other way around. They they lost they lost three points that you they would have picked up against the win over Dover basically. Um, while County sort of points total remained the same as a consequence of a, a one nil defeat um, at at Dover. So. So they got that angle, and then also a shock departure, really, of uh, of Neil Ardley as well from from Meadow Lane, um, who had kind of earned a fair bit of respect there by the sounds of it. Um, difficult times through for them in the last few seasons, and yeah, was removed and replaced with Ian Birchnell uh, last week, um, who now yeah just continues on with this kind of hectic schedule. Um, and then if we look at Wrexham. Um, they're unbeaten in seven games, best run of the season, as mentioned. And they also welcome back their their um, skipper, Sean Pearson, who, who Wrexham fans, or, or Toby at least tells me, is their best player. Um, returned from injury with a sort of magnificent, magnificent performance against Bromley uh, last time out. And yeah, they have strength and depth. And, and Birchnell is, is lacking key players as well on the on the Notts County side with Michael Doyle and Callum Roberts out for injury. And yeah, the stakes are sort of high on this one. And I, I really would think Wrexham are going to have a lot fresher legs. Uh, they haven't had, you know, their form's brilliant and they haven't had to deal with this sort of change in management that, that County have had. So Wrexham are 11 to 5 with Bet365. And I think that's uh, quite a nice price. And I'm just going to go for them on the straight win. Interesting. I think, is that the first National League bet we've had on the show? Yeah, I reckon it is. Yeah, I can't remember one. Nice. And it's on TV as well. So something to get your teeth into on a Good Friday. What is it? 12.15, you said? Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Right, best part of the show, the naps. Tom, your best bet of the weekend. Yeah, just going back to what Will mentioned in the Wrexham game, I, I think that's a nice price. I've, I've been watching quite a lot of the National League, actually, on BT. And Where do Wrexham... you get the time to watch football? <laughs> yeah, well, um, had had a bit of time to catch up on it um, in this international break. And Wrexham have a decent squad. I think they've got uh, Jordan Ponticelli, who really highly thought of when he was at Coventry. Uh, they signed Tyler French from Bradford, who, who's very, 
very decent for that level. And they've got the Angus up front who's been banging them in. Um, he was good at Barrow last season. So, yeah, in, interesting that they've got Birchnow as manager. He was at uh, Östersunds in Sweden. Um, so it's interesting mm. that when Graham Potter left Östersunds, yeah. went straight to Swansea, uh, Birchnow's had to go all the way down to the National League. Um, but, yeah, he's kind of one of these... I think the uh, the new Notts County owners are quite into um, kind of. I think they're from Scandinavia and they've got um, quite good contacts over there. They've got a very modern way of going about things. So it, it was no surprise um, that Ardley left. I expected that to happen at the end of the season. But yeah, mm. I thought Wrexham was um, a nice price with, with a start. Uh, they've been pretty strong at home, a bit bit wishy washy away, but. Um, County have been poor this season, um, and Will, Will makes a really good case there. But yeah, we're going to go off now, Tom. <laughs> we're <laughs> going to go from uh, the National League to League O in France, <laughs> and um, I'm backing Marseille um, against Dijon. I mentioned this to you, Mark, uh, on a message probably about a fortnight ago now, but I had my eyes on this. Um, Kind of can't wait for it to get around because I think it's a great bet. Going to take him minus one on the edge in handicap, uh, 1.9 with bet Victor. I expect it to be around 1.75, to be honest. I think that it's a it's a cracking bet. Um, plenty of reasons, but a lot of it is kind of reliant on Dijon being really poor. Um, just awful on the debt. I mean... I've watched a lot of league on this season, especially this um, year, and it's a it's a league I've really kind of tried to focus in on. And Dijon on the eye have been awful. Like defensively, they've been a shambles. They just look like they're never in a <laughs> they're never even in a defensive line. The players are too slow. They make mistakes. They don't even look asked, um, and they're already pretty much relegated. Uh, the the kind of uh, man in charge of Dijon, the pres- club president, is kind of talk- talking about what they're going to be doing in the summer, kind of having a rebuild. Um, I know Munashua, the attacker that they've got, really tricky player, um, really good on the ball, but good at kind of creating things. He's probably their best player, but he's been poor this season. Um, really disappointing. He was good last season. But he's he's off in the summer. They've already kind of put the feelers out. Um, I've seen Liverpool and, and Chelsea being linked with him, but I, I'm not sure I'd be able to do anything for them teams. Um, but yeah, it's more the defensive data has been awful. Worst data in the league, 1.88 xG against per game, which is over a massive sample size that we've got now is awful. Really, really poor. And yeah, Marseille still has stuff to play for. Um, I'm surprised to see them in sixth, considering I actually think they've been really poor this season. But uh, I'm buzzing that they've got uh, Jorge Sampaoli in as manager. Uh, kind of what, whenever I've watched the Copa America or World Cups gone by, his, his teams have done really, really well when he was at Chile, especially, kind of plays quite high intensity. And I think this fortnight that he's had on the training paddocks really gonna gonna help them. I, th- I think that the players are gonna be bang at it. 
And really, for a club like Marseille, they didn't have many players on international duty. Uh, Milik came on against England for Poland, but um, didn't play really that much. And Paye and Tovan have been in the French squads in the last couple of years, but they've not been involved due to poor form. Um, but they, they did impress, actually, against Brest uh, in a recent home game. Uh, they've won back-to-back home games on, under San Paoli as well. Um, against Rennes and Brest, as I mentioned. So I think that swatting aside Dijon should be simple enough. I think 8-15, to 15, there's much, much worse 8-15 to 15 shots than Marseille. Um, if, if you're doing any kind of hackers, they should be going in, in my opinion. And yeah, it's, it's just a bet that I think it's just too good to ignore, really. Um, they've lost 10 in a row, Dijon. Uh, five of the last seven have been by two or more goals. So, yeah, motivations there for Marseille. They've got Europe to play for. They've got quality in the ranks. They've got players who've been kind of still at the club during the um, international break. And they're coming up against a Dijon side that have given up the rubbish. Um, I, I might even back the minus. I might even back the minus two, minus three, minus four for Marseille here, kind of stakes accordingly because they're due a game where they absolutely tear someone apart and I'm pretty positive it's going to be this weekend. But the minus one on the edge and handicap just means that even if Marseille win by one goal, you get your money back. Any more than that, then you get a win. I think it's probably one of my favourite bets of the year. Wow, that's great to hear. Bloodbath at the Velodrome, bring it on. Uh, Will, your nap, please. Yeah, I'm going to remain um, in lower leagues as well with uh, with Bolton, Colchester. Also, I, I was I didn't really want to try and try and wanted to avoid too many Good Friday picks, but yeah, I really like this uh, the look of this game as well. Um, Bolton have won ten of the last eleven matches, unbeaten in thirteen, which is currently the longest streak in English football. Uh, now they're just four points off top of a game in hand, and yeah, it's been a crazy turnaround really from on their side. Um, they've obviously had. It's much overdue. You've been in the doldrums probably more than any British club really in the last decade. Um, a fair bit has been written about lately as well about sort of how the the mood is lightening there. And Ian Everett's arrival from Barrow didn't really start well. One win from eight. Um, people were sort of talking about it being the worst Bolton side ever. And um, But in January, they I think they handed over a sort of player recruitment to him um, and it sparked a great run. And um, no team has ever come back to win automatic promotion in League Two as from as far away as Bolton will if they manage it right now. Um, and I think, yeah, just no spectators at the stadium may as well have helped this uh, in a way because they've had less of a toxic atmosphere to deal with. And, and now the fans are sort of well and truly back on side as well. So uh, everything looking really good for them. And yeah, after this bumpy start as well that they had since November, Owen Doyle has scored in 13 of 26 matches. Um, and yeah, I mean, I talked about him leaving Swindon in the past as well and then remaining in Elite Two because of like sort of family reasons for locational reasons. But um, he scored a stunning volley last weekend um, from a Nathan Dolphineso cross, um, improved the difference at Forest Green, which was a massive win for them as well. Um, and they're also their captain and second top scorer, Anthony Sarsovic, is, is out injured. Uh, which puts even more goal scoring reliance on Doyle um, and uh, yeah if, if just basically if we go back to the end of January Bolton were 19th 
Um, Colchester were 18th. Uh, Colchester gone backwards slightly. They're now 21st. And Bolton are like a fourth. Um, Cole, you obviously do have something to play for. Uh, they're, they're, they're looking over their shoulders, really. All three of Barrow, Southend and, and Grimsby are in, in better form than them. Uh, but it, you could say really just a couple wins, which should do it. Um, but that isn't really guaranteed when you've only won one of 22 matches, um, which is quite crazy. And and on the, really this form basis alone, you'd be thinking that Bolton look overpriced at 8 to 11 uh, to win at home. Colchester just appointed Hayden Mullins as head coach until the end of the season. Uh, they, they had a couple managers this season, previously Wayne Brown and Steve Ball. Wayne Brown was only given nine matches. Um, they only got one win. And the chairman sort of come out with some contradicting rubbish, really, I would say. He just basically uh, said, Wayne Brown has given his all to lift the club away from danger, but his hard work, positivity and enthusiasm have not been rewarded with the results he deserved and the club needed. But, I mean, if you're going to say that, that, that tells you that if he thought that they deserved those results, you know, just, just trust the variance and, and those re- results will come. And they haven't done that. Um, so I think that's a, a, obviously you don't want to drop out of the football league. But if you can't really get anyone in with experience of how to manage these these situations or a track record of sort of stopping that, which you don't have in Aidan Mullins, I, I don't think, really think it's the right right idea. I think Bolton will win this. Sorry? They've actually, they've actually appointed Paul Tisdale this afternoon. Have they? Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> I don't know if that changes well, the thought process. Well, but... it does a little bit. Um <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll stick to it. I'll stick to it. Um, I was looking at the news. I didn't see that one. Did this game a little earlier today, but yeah. Is there not um, an angle you can take with uh, your little love partner, Owen Doyle? Well, exactly. That's how. That's what I'm going to do. Um, I was looking at Bolton to win and, and Doyle to score. Um, it's one in five of the last of uh, the Trotters' eight matches, um, and that is 17 to 10 at Bet365. And yeah. Um, I'll stick with it. I think, you know, what's Tisdale going to do between now and tomorrow morning? Um, I guess it's it's not going to have time to achieve anything really with that, is he? Um, Bolton are the goal form side in the country. Any time, if that, if that, if you prefer, just going down the goal scorer route. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the likelihood of Bolton winning if he scores is quite high. Um, I'll stick with the seventeen to ten, but um, as my nap, yeah, but yeah. If you guys want to change your mind based on that Tisdale news, then feel free. <laughs> no worries at all. Uh, good stuff. I think that's bringing us around to the, towards the end of the show. Um, we've covered everything we wanted to cover, but now the floor is over to both of you. Any business that you want to mention which you haven't been able to mention just yet, now is the time. So jump in. Yeah, I'll um, jump in early doors, Matt, because just on that Colchester point, I, w- I watched the game against Bradford, obviously. And they were awful. <laughs> I'm not surprised they've won one in 22 because even though they probably might have even won the XG battle in that, but when you watch it with your eyes, you can see just how poor they were, especially when they were chasing. They just showed nothing, just hoofing it up. Um, and they've got uh, Frank Newboy there, but he was playing out wide and they had Giovanni Brown down the middle. and uh, So easy for our centre-halves. Um, we've not being in good form and still managed to beat them. So, team like Bolton who are flying, yeah, wouldn't surprise me if Doyle scores and Bolton win. But I'm I'm going to stick in League Two actually. Uh, it's a game literally in a few hours. <laughs> um, again, uh, three um, one o'clock. Sorry, tomorrow on Friday. 
Scunthorpe against Crawley. I put this up uh, early, early in the week on the Gold Channel. Um, it's seen the money since. I expected it to Scunthorpe plus zero on the edge and handicap. Uh, we posted up at even money, 2.0. Best you're getting now is 1.88 actually with Bet Victor, which is surprising. Um, it's as short as 8 to 11 or 1.73 in places. And that's about where I'd have it, personally. Um, just on Scunthorpe, I've actually been really impressed with them um, since the turn of the year. Under Neil Cox, I think that they've they've kind of got their act together. They're pretty much safe now, um, as, are, as are their opponents, Crawley. But um, my main issue here is with Crawley. Um, they played away at Carlisle uh, on Tuesday, was it? And... That's a massive trip. That's pretty much the length of the country um, for Crawley. And then they're having to go back down. They've probably had a tiny bit of training today. Then they're probably up, up at Scunthorpe right now in a hotel. Um, so they've had next to no time to prepare for it. They've been in pretty poor form ever since Max Watters left in, in January struggling to score more than once a lot of the time. Defensively, they've been pretty poor. They were battered against Carlisle. And uh, Scunthorpe haven't played since they played Bradford around 10 days ago. Uh, be well refreshed. They've been good at home. Defensively, they've been a lot more solid as well. Really impressed when uh, they played against Bradford. Defensively, they were great. Teddy Howard right back was good at getting forward. The two cent halves were really strong. Gilead's uh, a player who shouldn't be in League 2. He's a League 1 player. And Abo Issa running through, always a threat. And I think Van Veen's fit as well. So I actually think Scunthorpe should be around 5-4 to four to win this. Um, the 8-5 to five with Bet Victor, that's a massive price. But I just think with the amount of draws Scunthorpe have had, if you can get the draw on side uh, with your money back, it ends all square. The draw no bet. Uh, 1.88 with bet Victor. That's a cracking bet. Great stuff. Well, yep. Um, Sunday night, Sevilla Atleti, uh, which was in our poll. And yeah, massive top four match in, in Andalusia. Um, and uh, yeah, neither side have got great penalty stats this season. Um, but Sevilla, Sevilla only won four and Atleti have won seven. And conceding wise, Sevilla conceded four and Atleti just two. But this one's all about the referee for me as well. Jesus Gil Manzano. Uh, it's given an absolutely ridiculous 15 penalties in his last 20 matches. He's refed 11 of those 20 had a pen. So obviously a few games with multiple penalties, but still over half of his last 20 this season. And his lifetime average is the highest in La Liga um, of the of the refs that who've officiated 100 or more matches, which is kind of how I look at it, um, at 0.41 pens per game. So you're talking just about 38, 40% chance with with the uh, multiple penalties sort of stats and i'd make that then just around a six to four shot uh usually even when accounting for those multiple pens so given his recent hankering for penalties as well and uh, it would appear then maybe that no spectators sort of increases the number he gives um i think that two to one is a, a nice price for a penalty awarded in this game um you can get 23 to 10 if you've got a sporting index fixed odds account or if you want to get, you can get a slight bit more than two to one with William Hill if you add something else in the bet builder, like a, a sort of a 
an over 0.5 corners job or something like that it gives you 21 to 10 with them so uh plus also maybe look out for bet victor's bet builder they haven't been added yet but you can do a either team to score a penalty and i'd back that if it was about 13 to 5 or greater so uh hope for some drama in this match and a, a penalty awarded uh on sunday night great stuff super stuff chaps loads of really well researched reason suggested plays as always great insight great knowledge as well um, as always, any social media support is much, much appreciated from you guys, the listeners. We really do appreciate it. And of course, happy Easter. Don't eat too many Easter eggs between now and the end of the weekend. Uh, but we're going to wrap it up there. A big thanks to the stars of the show, as always, Tom Love. Cheers, mate. Best thought, guys. And Will Dyer. Thanks a lot, guys. Happy Easter. This has been the Wheel of Betting Weekend preview podcast. Chat soon.